What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Yes, what is going on? Welcome to the Chris Van Vliet Show. What an original name for a podcast, right? I wonder who hosts the Chris Van Vliet Show. Hmm. Although I guess there's a better name than just the name of my YouTube channel, which is just Chris Van Vliet. Um, and I guess the more that I say it, especially here in the uh, audio version of the podcast, I guess the more people will know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Chris Van Vliet. I get a lot of, uh, oh, you're from Canada. It must be French. Chris Van Vliet. Although I guess it's not a, it's not a French last name at all. It's a Dutch last name, like. 12 generations ago or something. In any case, it's Chris Van Vliet. It is not Chris Van Vla, MJF. Um, <laughs> that interview is so, so ridiculous. Um, but thanks for tuning in on this one. And persistence is the key with this one. I've been emailing Tennille Dashwood since the summer, first trying to convince her to do an interview with me. Uh, she finally said yes to that. Then finding time when we were both in the same place at the same time, which happened to be me driving five-ish hours, uh, including one time, one stop to charge my Tesla Model 3 um, to Chicago for Bound for Glory. So I was in Bound for Glory. We did a bunch of uh, interviews there. You probably already heard the one with Tessa Blanchard. We got Tennille Dashwood. We got Big Mike, Michael Algen on the way. And there's so much to cover here with Tennille. I mean, it's been almost two years to the day that Emma was released from WWE, and we still don't really know what happened until now. It kind of all unfolds in this conversation. So this is episode number 41. Not bad, might I add, for someone who's been podcasting for four months. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, you're awesome. Thank you. If this is the 41st time you're listening... You're also awesome, and uh, and thank you. I couldn't do it without any of you guys. I appreciate you guys uh, being around and uh, listening to the show. And if you're thinking of making a podcast, do it. I sat on the fence for so long, and uh, I'm I'm loving doing this. So look, do it. What's the worst that could possibly happen? Put it out there. No one listens. Great. That's a chance for you to improve. You don't want lots of people listening when you suck. You wanna you wanna suck when nobody's listening, so you can improve that when people are listening you'll be that much better. Uh, I also appreciate these uh, reviews you've been leaving on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to continue reading one on the show as a shout out uh, like this one to Max Morphus, who titles this bringing wrestling interviews into it cuts off. So I don't know. We can guess into what? What makes Chris's take on wrestling interviews unique are his choice of questions and guests. He chooses to focus on less frequently interviewed stars for the most part and actually asks them human questions about their history, motivations, etc. instead of digging for dirt on backstage heat and the like. 
Well, thank you, Max. That's a very astute observation. And uh, I appreciate you uh, leaving that review. Please keep them coming. And yeah, I like, I like to dig in deep. I'm interested into what makes people tick. And I'm a firm believer that if someone is doing something that you want to do, if someone's super successful, Tony Robbins always says success leaves clues. And I'm a huge believer in that. If someone's super successful in one aspect of their life, they're probably super successful in a lot of aspects of their life. And I want to learn. Uh, thanks to Samson for providing us with this audio equipment to make us sound so good. And if you are looking to start uh, a podcast, you want a product uh, you know, that's going to make you sound good, or if you have a podcast and you don't sound that great, and you want to step up your game for a fraction of the cost, go to samsontech.com. The mics that I use, they're only 80 bucks a piece. Also, big thank you to Green Roads CBD products. And if you're thinking of trying CBD products, Green Roads is the way to go because not all CBD products, not all CBD companies are created equally. And what makes Green Road stand out above all the other ones is they are a pharmacist founded company dedicating to dedicated to improving the lives of the people who take it. I'm one of those people who take it. I take the Green Roads um, CBD oil under my tongue, a couple drops bloop, bloop, every single day. And it really just helps with focus. It helps with recovery after the gym, especially the cream. Um, rubbing that on after the gym really helps with recovery time. And this is something that's already naturally occurring in your body. CBD is naturally occurring in your body. And this kind of just uh, you know balances out those levels. And it's made a drastic change in my life, especially uh, with everything that's been going on lately with travel. And I've moved recently. And CBD oil and uh, the products from Green Roads have really helped out. So if you're thinking about it, Kind of like I was talking about the podcast. If you're sitting on the fence about CBD products, use my code Chris15. You'll get 15% off your first order at greenroadsworld.com and you'll see what it's all about. So my guest today, you may know as Tennille Dashwood, which is her real name. You probably also know her or you just might know her as Emma. She spent six years in the WWE. We talk about her time with the WWE. We talk about her teaming up with Santino Morella. Talk about the Emma dance and where that came from and why that was invented. And we talk about uh, why her time with WWE ended and why it ended so abruptly. Uh, we also talk about the surgery she had. She had shoulder, shoulders, I can't even say the word, shoulder surgery with Ring of Honor. Um so we get down to all of that, and uh, what's next for her? We just saw her at AEW. We saw her at Double or Nothing, and we saw her at All, at all Out. So what could be next for Tennille Dashwood? We dive right into it. So please, enjoy this chat with Tennille Dashwood. I've been chasing you down to do this interview for months, and here we are. I'm still laughing. <laughs> Stop. Okay. That's how you do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you. We're in the same place at the same time. I'm glad because yeah. um, I, I felt bad that I had, it seemed like I dodged you a couple of times, but I didn't. And now here we are. Well, I saw you at, uh, what was it? Oh, it was in uh, Chicago. Well, I saw right, you. Uh, yes. And you were like, hey, I <laughs> forgot to email yes. you back. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, well, no, it's fine. I mean, the email gets crazy sometimes and I don't always run it myself. So um, it's not even on purpose. Usually I see emails like a couple days later. I'm like, oh. Crap. Yeah, no, it's okay. We're making it happen now, yes, and that's all that matters. Um, how does it feel being back in the ring? Uh, awesome. Like I've loved wrestling since I was a little kid, so I feel like this is where I'm always meant to be. So it just feels at home. Yeah, but it, but you had you know there was a break there. Yeah, as you were recovering from your a injury, long, felt like a lifetime. Yeah, what well, was it? Ten it was months. Ten months. Yeah. Yeah. So 
It's probably the longest break I've had since I started, I guess. Probably, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, bar, I guess, the time when I got signed with WWE, there was I had to have my shoulder repaired back then. But yeah, for about eight years, that's probably the longest gap I've had. Wow. So as you sit here right now, are you feeling 100% with the shoulder and everything? Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, it, it takes time. Like, I've only been back for a few months to kind of, like, get used to being in the ring again, um, kind of get the flow back. But yeah, I feel really good. And, um, you know, it just kind of, everything starts flowing again. And there's, like, the excitement of what's next. So that's cool. Because here's the thing. You get in the ring with the sling on and ring of honor and people, you know, they're never sure. if Is this a work? Is this actually? I'm like, no, it's real. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. And, and then did you have the surgery like not long after that? Yeah. I had the surgery in October last year, the beginning of October. So um, I, th a I year, think yeah. I wore the sling maybe a little bit before that when I had injured it. And then I was, I knew I was having surgery already. Did, but it's fine to, to take bumps on it and everything's oh, good yeah. now? It's like a new shoulder. Yeah, there's titanium in this bad boy. Really? Yeah, a couple of screws. Oh, my which God. Which I might have to get taken out because, I mean, there's screws in my shoulder. <laughs> but otherwise, good, yeah. Okay, well, good. And uh, how are things going so far for you in Impact? Great. I mean, I'm having a championship match tonight. You so are? Yeah. I really can't get much better than that unless I win. Then that's the that would be better. That's the high point. So. Yeah, yeah. Was this a, a, a secret that you had to keep for a while? Where you were going? Um, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I was in talks um, for a while and kind of was keeping my options open and and kind of just enjoying work like working for the independent scene which I still am so I managed to kind of do these shows and stay like a free agent basically so it's the best of both worlds yeah it really is and now you guys are going to be on access tv so it's yeah. like now you get like a tv channel that no, it's Tuesdays eight o'clock mm -hmm. uh and you're still working is it any indie bookings you want to work yeah, I do what I want <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge it's yeah. all about you it is really is no that's telling everyone that uh what was the reaction after you uh debuted on impact uh, I mean, it was it was awesome because I think people had been waiting to see like where I was going to go, what I was going to do, um, and even better when they announced the TV because everyone was like, "Oh, I want to watch." Um, I used, you know, I used to watch you all the time. Where can I see you? This and that. So it's like that's just kind of the cherry on top. So everything's really coming together for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, but we saw you at AEW for All Out. How were you able to do that? Well, I'm not. Um, exclusive. That's what I was saying. I do what I oh, want. Oh, I did. <laughs> I do what I want. Oh, you actually? I literally, yeah. I'm. Um, I agreed to work some dates with Impact, and um, I had already agreed to AEW before I agreed to stuff with Impact. So it's kind of like this is what I'm doing, and I'm still going to do the uh, independent shows wherever I want. So I've done lots of overseas tours, and I plan on doing a lot more of that. Uh, yeah. So I kind of can. Have fun and do what I want. You know what this sounds like? What? The best deal ever. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. Will we maybe be seeing more of you in AEW? I mean, never say never, right? That's the wrestling world for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just, honestly, you never, like, you could work with someone years and years ago and all of a sudden you're in the same company together or it can be anyone, anytime, any place. You just never know. Mm. So... How different would you say Tennille is from Emma? Um, I mean, as a character? Yeah. Um, what Emma are you talking about? Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's kind of 
the hmm. first thing we have to touch okay. on. Okay, well, how, many, how many Emmas would you say there are? Um, two mainly. Okay. Um, you know, there was the bubbly, ditzy, oblivious, uh, bubble-popping Emma. Um, I keep doing this because that's just what comes with it. Um, and that was almost, that's kind of like my, I guess like my, the funny side of me. Like I'm, I'm very kind of, I don't know, blunt and sarcastic person normally. Um, and that was kind of like the, the me making fun of myself side of things. And so like, that's why it worked and it was so much fun because, um, you know, I don't mind giving myself crap. So, so I was able to kind of go out there and know that I look like an idiot and I didn't care because <laughs> I knew and I said, I look like an idiot. What, what, did you create the dance? Yeah, um, it was me along with um, Byron Saxton, actually at the time, and it was when Dusty was at, we were all at FCW, um, and we I, we played, I picked this new music, and at the time, it was like, look, the music that we used, that yeah. was that music, but it was like, this is very strange, almost like a little alien, like, weird, so I was like, what do I do, I have to do something when I come out, I can't just like walk out, so I ended up doing this like weird thing with my hands, and they were like, uh... Don't do that, but maybe like a little more like this, and we kind of adjusted it, and I just kind of kept trying it and trying it, and that's kind of evolved from that. And then every like it caught on fast. Yeah, which was crazy to me, but it, uh, like the NXT crowds were like and still are awesome like that, where they kind of like um, you're like their own product basically, and yeah. and they kind of just caught on and just kind of grew with me and. So then, like, before long, the whole crowd would be doing the dance with me. And it just made it so much more fun because I didn't feel like an idiot anymore. <laughs> and I was like, people like this. All right. It's hard to hear that song now and not do some sort of... Right? Uh, right? Yeah. People still, like, I'll go take a picture and they're like... <laughs> uh, that's the <laughs> they pose? They do the pose, yeah. Like what a, pose do you do? I can't do like, with, hang on, wait. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when they do that pose, what do you do? I'm like, wow. Well, they did the dance, and I'm like, that's a great dance. Where did you learn that? Ah. <laughs> yeah, give myself credit. That's, that's the Emma dance. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Emma dance. Mm -hmm. Part mm -hmm. of the evolution. So the, the other... The other Emma? Uh, is more like, more like what me. we see in yeah, Impact, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like when... Um, Aviator glasses, darker yeah. hair. Yeah, more just like... I just want to wrestle and kick people's ass, which is me. <laughs> and um, yeah, just showing like um, in less of the, the ditzy side and more like get to it. Um, you know, like I was saying before, I've wrestled since I was like 13 years old and I love wrestling like my whole life. So I wanted to show like, like I'm serious about this and um, this is like my career and what I love doing. And so show people more like what I could do basically and um and be taken more seriously i guess because a lot of people are used to like the ha 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 and i was like well no i can go, you know i can go and when we you, can when you came in you were more of like the serious wrestler weren't when you? i came in to to, to to nxt and wwe uh no i started as the the first thing was the ditzy <laughs> the dancing emma. a lot of hands for anyone listening on the podcast there's lots of hands the dancing emma this is how i here. have to explain one to the other and that's so that's how i i came into nxt and then from I mean I, I guess I did some matches in FCW before that, but like no one remembers that. And then um, and then I went to the main roster, did stuff with Santino, and then came back to NXT. Was when kind of nothing was really happening for me on the main roster. I was like, all right, I need it. Something needs to change. Um, I want to use that what we're doing, the fact that I'm not being used and turn that into like a storyline where I'm like, I should be used, like pay me some attention. Like, and that's how the whole like 
they called me Evil Emma, which I love too. But that was the fans. That was that was the fans. They named me that, and um, that's kind of how that evolved because it was like, what about me? Why is no one paying me attention? But out of that was really kind of the start of the women's revolution. Oh, thanks. It's true. Like that match you had with Paige mm -hmm. was like, oh yeah, they should let this happen more often. Yeah, and that was cool because it was like the first. Um, well, the championship was brought in then, and then uh, NXT, the live specials, had, that was like the beginning of that as well. So it was like a big moment for NXT as a whole, and then having a big women's match with a championship and, and having it mean so much as well. So yeah, it was kind of the first time, um, I guess we were like put to the test, and it was kind of like we delivered, and everyone was really happy with it. And I think what helped with that was like the, the storyline leading up to it, and the fans were invested, and we were invested, and it just meant so much more, especially when you have a good storyline. Right. Um, so that, I, I love being part of NXT and building all that, and um, you know, obviously the revolution's like gone crazy now. Yeah, but, but it's but, cool to have like a small part in it. Yeah. I think you have more than a small part in it. Like, oh, it, thanks. But it's true, you know, it was because of those types of matches that you guys were able to have. I mean, here we are, what, what would it be, three or four years later now? Yeah. That like... Yeah, more, four, 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 at least four, yeah. Yeah, that women's wrestling is just, it's a thing now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's its wrestling is what it is. It's an attraction, yeah. It doesn't matter, it doesn't even matter if it's men's wrestling or women's wrestling, just wrestling in yeah. general now is... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's cool. pretty great. It's cool because I know a lot of us, like, you know, the the women on WWE that have just been killing it and, you know, now AEW as well. But, like, we all talk about how years ago we never thought that, like, we'd be where we are and this would be happening. So it's, it's just really cool just to look back and just be like, wow, we did it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty amazing where it is now. Yeah. And now you're, you know, you have the chance to be the Knockouts champion tonight, mm -hmm. although this will air after, so... Sorry, sorry. You guys will already know what will have happened. I don't. We don't. We don't know what's happened. I mean, we're in my mind, here. I'm winning the championship, of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Congratulations. Thank then, you. From my mind <laughs> Let's just celebrate now. to your mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. When you were working the angle with Santino, were you also traveling with him? No. Um, I always traveled with uh, Summer Rae or Dana Brooke after that. Um, Paige sometimes at the beginning as well. But no, we never traveled together. When when you were first presented the you know Santino angle, were you like, eh, this could be fun? Oh, yeah. It was first um, presented to me at NXT, and um, I'd been doing this. <laughs> back to the hands. <laughs> I'd been doing the, the Ditsy Emma, and um, I think Triple H at the time was just had this thought, like, Santino and Emma like he just had this idea and at the time he put us in a match with uh, Summer Rae and Fandango at NXT yeah and I remember that was like the crowd went nuts it was one of the funniest moments of my career like Santino just cracks me up like I can't I just he's honestly one of the funniest people I've ever met and um I just remember we just kind of clicked like straight away and it was like he looked at me and was like oh you do this or let's do this and then I was like okay and then so you know like I mean he was great kind of leading me along and um, it's just hilarious and we just kind of mesh so for, I think from that Triple H was like yeah it worked and then uh, literally like a few months later it was a thing on Raw. <laughs> and I, I don't think people understand or appreciate how good of a wrestler Santino is like yeah he fell into the comedy gimmick for so long but like He's a he's an incredible wrestler. Yeah, and an actual fighter too. Like that too. He's yeah. legit. <laughs> hey, he, like, he he's running shows now in Toronto. Yeah, I did one a few months ago. Yeah. yeah, and I caught up with him, and he still makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> I mean, some of the things he used to say, like live on Raw, he'd be standing next to me. I can't even repeat them, but he'd be standing next <laughs> to me and say something under his breath, 
and I would like die laughing, but I have to try not laugh. So I'll just be like, oh my god. Like in the <laughs> ring? Oh yeah. Oh, Live man. TV, just under his bed, like, yeah. Oh. When you switched from the blonde hair to the brunette hair, did you have to, was there a lot of like conversations that had to go on to make this happen? No. <laughs> I just left WWE, so I was like, awesome. I'm going to do my hair. I can do what I want now. And, and then so that was it. I just colored it. And then when you came back, they were like, yeah, that'll no, that was work. like when I left like, oh. when I, the last time. I didn't go back after that. Well, <laughs> what, but when you had like the. Oh, like the in between? Yeah. Oh, that was when I did like the Evil Emma. So that was. So Evil Emma had to have different colored hair. Yeah, because I kind of did like the, more of the ombre. So it was like I, instead of like the. I love that word. The, the, blo- the ombre? <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just a funny hair word. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, wow. It was more. <laughs> I don't know. I was. That was for oh. the people, not. For I you. see. Yeah, I um, saw that too. Though. It was. It was more like. Yeah, it was like a change, like a darker feel to the character, and and I wanted to change my look a little bit. So I got you know obviously new gear, added the gloves, the glasses, and that's when I did the a bit darker and kind of left just the ends or whatever, like the streak down the front. So yeah, it was like. When you turn bad, you got to be bad. And was it you that would that asked for your release? Like, how did that all happen? Uh, no, actually, it wasn't me. It was uh, actually a really, really big shock for me. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Um, so at the time, I had just um, rest. I was interviewed with Oscar, and we'd just done the uh, pay per view, and that was her debut, I believe. Uh, the or pay per view de- debut. I think it was ac- her actual debut as well. Um, and we had like an awesome match and I remember like everyone loved it and then uh, we had a match on Raw the night after and then basically by the end of the week I had a call saying that I was released. Did they tell you why? Um, from what I heard it was just that uh, I don't honestly I don't even know what because I feel like there's more to it than what I was told and it was kind of a very brief conversation and um you know, not necessarily everyone agreed or whatever it was, but basically um, I think the boss wasn't happy with something and that was kind of it. I just want to take a quick time out from this chat with Tennille to thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Harry's and humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave I mean, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks, they didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. Yeah, I said flex balls. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky features on the razors. They focus on what actually matters here. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. Did you see AEW Dynamite this week? Did you see that close shave that I had? Hmm, Harry's, yeah, they give me a close shave Easy Glide, best of all, it's a low price. So do me a favor, check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. And Harry's is a return back to the essentials. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. That fair price is just two bucks a blade. And it's super convenient. The blade refills are delivered directly to your door on a schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk. If you don't love it, send them back. Harry himself. We'll refund you. I don't know if that's true, but they will give you a refund. <laughs> Listeners of the CBV show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire, named after our podcast network, harrys.com slash blue wire. You will get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, 
rich, lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover. Great for me when you're on the road and great to keep your razor dry and easy to grab. So go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. Also, a big thank you to ShipStation and the holiday rush is coming. If you sell stuff online, you better get with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship those orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of these orders? Or how do you decide which carrier is the best to use? Are you, are you getting the best rates? Well, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and to your customers' doors just in time delivered for the holiday rush. So no matter if you're selling on Amazon, Etsy, your own website, whatever, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. It makes them super easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And they work with all the major carriers. So that's USPS, FedEx, UPS, whatever. You can compare all the rates, figure out what the best deal is, and they offer big discounts on shipping costs. So now any business can get the same kind of postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. So with that said, you know you're always getting the best deal, which makes you kind of realize why ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You ship more in less time with the best rates available. So take the hassle out of the holiday shopping this year. Let ShipStation handle it all with ease. Use my code BLUE, B-L-U-E, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free, no hassle, no stress for your holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, type in BLUE, B-L-U-E. So that's ShipStation.com. Enter the code BLUE, B-L-U-E. ShipStation.com. Make ship Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I was, and I was like very shocked because I literally was packed to go um, on the European tour. So, like a two week tour overseas, had my bags packed. I was going to the airport that it was on a Sunday. I was on the way to the airport basically and got a call. And I was like, what? And this all happened over the <laughs> but phone? But it was a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, over the phone. Wow. Yeah. Because I've heard other stories where it's like, hey, we need you to come into the office. Yeah, no. That wow. was it. Didn't see them again. That doesn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. Your contract doesn't protect you against something like this. Um, no, I, I guess, guess not. not. <laughs> We're not lawyers. I mean, the we contracts are like, what do you call it? Like you're um, an independent contractor, right. basically. I would imagine it favors. They're the not company. in your favor at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, like everyone always says what happened. I'm like, honestly, I don't really know because, you know, like it seems a bit silly for like one little whatever it was um but i'm like obviously the the boss wasn't happy with me or whatever at the time and that was it so i'm like shit happens you know right but you know you've landed on your feet yeah and things are and it's because of my career there that i'm like where i am today so i'm like oh well you know i kind of try to turn everything into a positive i'm like because of that i'm here and because i'm of like where i am i can do all these other amazing things and like i know i have so much more to offer so i'm like turn into positive and just kind of I use that to kind of continue on like the independent scene and like launch that that part of my career and travel more and do all these things that people can't do at WWE we've also launched like you know you're able to do influencer stuff yeah which you probably wouldn't be able to do with WWE yeah that's true too yeah because there are some kind of I guess 
logistics with contracts, this and that. So yeah, and if you've built a following that big, you might as well capitalize. Yeah, on it. yeah. I, um, I yeah, I kind of like let my fans know other things I'm interested in and try to make it, um, you know, my social media not all about wrestling. Um, I think everyone knows I love wrestling already. So, you know, I, I try to introduce like, you know, my love for food or fitness and my, my love for travel. And, um, you know, I, sometimes, or cause I can do my own schedule now, I can make it where I'm like, okay, this month I'm gonna be in, for instance, recently I did like shows in Germany and Switzerland. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna stay in Switzerland for an extra week and go see the beautiful mountains. And, yeah. and so I did. And those are things that you can't do when you're contracted and have to yeah. be somewhere every single week. Yeah, if you don't want to take indie bookings for two weeks and you want to go travel somewhere, yeah. you now can. Exactly. I just have to plan ahead because my schedule is packed. I'm sure but it is. But I do have to, like, I can if I want to a few months ahead. I can plan. Is yeah. the rest of your year completely booked up? Yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. I kept time for Christmas so I can go home and see my family, which are things like I couldn't do before. So, yeah. you know, there, there was years where I barely saw them at all. So like sacrifices you have to make, which is like, we're in the long run worth it. And now I have that time where I can do these things that are more enjoyable. Yeah. I know that, you know, with making a YouTube channel, it's time consuming and it takes a lot to make these videos and edit them and everything like that. Is that why Taste of Tennille stopped? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <sighs> I was like, no, it was, it was like... Um, I had a, at that time I think I'd just gone back to NXT so I was kind of at home more because a lot of the shows are in Florida where I lived and I was like okay I want to do something more with my time and still connect with my fans so I, I started the show I was cooking at home I was filming myself and editing the shows myself which yeah. I had no idea how to do it's and so time consuming too. yeah well you know exactly but like I have no idea when it comes to like computers and editing and stuff so I was like literally watching like YouTube things and I'm like how do I do like this tiny clip and you can tell when you watch it it's still not very good but I managed to like sometimes I'd upload and then mess that up and then it would take me hours and hours to just to get an episode up and then I'd be like oh done you know so it got to a point where I was like I can't enjoy it anymore and I started to get busier again because they put they were like oh Evil Emma went great you're going back to the main roster and I was like okay cool and then I'm like oh I have no time now so it's kind of just like yeah um when I had time I did it and then I ran out of time and I and I couldn't do it on my own anymore so I needed someone to like do it all for me basically you got time now no not really like no? I'm hardly ever home like I haven't been home since for like a few weeks or so right now and so I still go to Australia on Monday like I'm not even going home after this what yeah so you're just living out of a suitcase yeah basically yeah wow a few suitcases well though. yeah I guess so yeah I have a lot of stuff with me how long are you in Australia for um not not that long now because I end up doing these impact shows so originally I was I went to Singapore for a signing and then from there to Bali and then was going to go straight to Australia, but then the this opportunity came up. Yeah, so to, I, to win the Knockouts Championship. Which I thought, well, hell yeah. That was a big wink there. Yeah. Don't give anything away. Um, <laughs> I already said I was going to win anyway. That's right. Um, so this opportunity came up, and I was like, no, it's like something I want to do. So instead of going six hours to Australia, I went over 24 hours to Chicago. And um, that's why I'm a little bit of a lunatic this weekend <laughs> but, um, oh, you're great. I seem fine right now yeah, right? You seem, yeah. good and then um, so I <laughs> I can't even think what I was saying so I did the show and then like a signing yesterday and now today is the show and then I fly tomorrow is tomorrow, Monday she's uh, to Australia and, and that's then, like over 24 hours and again. you'll get to Australia two days later and to answer the question you actually <laughs> asked me 
two days later I get there on the Wednesday and then on Friday I have a show. So I have like two days basically. Then Friday's the show and then Saturday I fly to Perth for another show. And then I come back again. For impact? No, back home finally. But um, I stay in Perth for an extra day because um, uh, Summer Rae is going to be with me. So we're going to like see... We can call her Danielle. Whatever Danielle. Yeah. We're going to see Perth a little bit because I haven't really seen it, even though I'm from Australia. And then do the another, however, 24 hours. <laughs> this is way too many 24-hour trips. Yeah, it's a long flight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like just adjusting to the time. Like, I was awake very early this morning, like in bed, just wide awake. I'm like, great. Oh, yeah, your body probably has no idea what time zone it is. Yeah. And I got a little sick at the end of my Bali trip, so I've been a little bit of a mess. But here I am. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've been following you on Instagram, and you did all of the stereotypical things you needed to do in Bali. Mm -hmm. Got bit by a monkey. I did not see that. That's not stereotypical. (laughs) So, yeah, that was interesting. Hold on. How did that happen? Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was a weird laugh. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) See, I can make fun of myself. Uh, Okay, so... There's a in Uber stuff laughing in Uber. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Probably Uber, Uber, something like that. Um, there's a monkey sanctuary, okay. something like that. And um, we went to it, and it's wild monkeys basically. But you're in like kind of like a forest kind of area, and you can walk through. There's footpaths and everything. A lot of people there, and you basically go to see the monkeys, and they're just kind of roaming around freely and. Um, the people that work there, like, put some corn and veggies out to feed them. And, and they kind of, like, run around. People, like, take videos. and Anyway, so when you go in, there's, like, this big, big-ass sign at the front. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. Like, don't feed the monkeys. Don't touch the monkeys. If they touch you, just act calm. And don't look them in the eyes. It was like this. I was like, okay. Oh. So we, like, we saw this sign and went to walk. I'm like, let's go read this properly. So I'm like, okay. Walk on in. And then um, kind of like looking around. This is like really within the first few minutes as well. Um, <laughs> I sit down. I'm like, what if I sit down? Maybe like we'll see what happens. Maybe, yeah, maybe one, one will come near me. Yeah. Yeah, smart, right? So I sit down and um, like this, right? I'm on this little, I don't know, bench, right? And I sit there and Danielle's like starting to film. But I was like, just get the camera ready in case like something happens. Of course. And then so she's filming and uh, she's filming something over there. And then this, this monkey literally comes and sits next to me. And I go, oh, Danielle, like, get this kind of thing. And meanwhile, so the monkey, um, and I'm like looking over here, you know, don't look at it. So it grabs me by the hand, it grabs me by the hand like this. Like, the put monkey your hand, grabs I'm you sitting the- there like this. It goes like this, like like a little baby it felt like oh. a little baby's hands and I was like oh my god like instantly I was like it's so cute so he grabbed me by the hand like we were like friends or something and so I looked down at it like oh my gosh it's you so cute it in the eye. so there's a moment where it kind of lets go and then it kind of goes like this with my hand and then um I look at it and you see it looks back at me and goes (laughs) so literally I guess like the looking in the eyes is like a threat or like a sign of um, like yeah like an enemy so it it saw that went from holding my hand and me being like oh my god look at it to like a full-on attack and it started like gnawing at my thumb and then I was but I was trying to act calm still because I'm like don't freak out because I was like pulling my hand away and then when I did that it went in for like a big bite and like kind of got this finger and and that's when I was like oh 
like shit and I like got out of there and then you like it's on video I put it on my Instagram so people have all been Jeez. messaging me and watching it and like dying some people think it's hilarious but I was lucky it didn't puncture the skin because oh. you can get like rabies and stuff from wild animals so I was lucky it didn't puncture the skin and I still like put you know like um what do you call it like a um bacterial okay. wipe on it to to clean it off anyway after but um it, well it was like Danielle literally I was like you could have stopped the video to like help me she <laughs> she's in shock just like filming the entire thing which uh, in the end I was like wow it's kind of cool we have this ridiculous video and um sh- the amount of times she watched it after that <laughs> not even kidding maybe a hundred times literally in tears <laughs> tears because she's slow mode it and the bit where it goes to bite um you see it has like these fangs i didn't even know like these two long long ass teeth like on the sides and you see it like like at me and she slow mode and like zoomed on the monkey's face and she's like in tears dying laughing like I imagine you guys left shortly thereafter. Well, no, actually. (laughs) I don't know. I wanted like a nice picture with a monkey. So we stayed around a little bit, but I was very like, I was like that kind of like, it was like a traumatic experience for me. Yeah. So after that, we, we stayed a little bit and then, um, we saw like these monkeys were kind of like climbing on this guy. And I was like, I kind of want that, but I'm scared. So I kind of went near the wall and one climbed on my back and I just like did not move or look at it. And she took a couple of pictures and then it, um, and I was like, now how do I get it off? And then it kind of like just jumped off in the end. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, let's go. You got to do so it for the gram. I got, I got my picture and yeah. then I was like out of there. You got to do it for the gram. Yeah. That's Meanwhile, she's like, if that was me that got bit my monkey, she's like, it would be like a whole other thing because she's like, I would have flipped. And she's like, you stayed so calm. I was trying not to like make it worse, you know, but it could have been a you gotta lot watch worse. the video if you haven't seen it i haven't i can't believe I'm, i'll show you the slow the slow mo down the here i'm sorry and meanwhile she's laughing at the monkey but my face is like pure fear i'm like the slow mo me my face just drops like it's hilarious so since you're going home this week when you go home do your friends think you have an american accent now oh yeah they which like, is so funny that probably sounded american then right oh yeah. oh yeah oh oh yeah oh yeah Oh, um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, mate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, mate. <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I got a ten. Yeah. Uh, I got a ten. Uh, moving on now. Um, <laughs> they do. They think I have an American accent. Like, I guess certain things, maybe certain words, more particular than others. But and compared to them, because some of them oh, are sure. full like, like, like g'day, mate. Like, yeah. how you going? Like, That's not a knife. No. Well, no one says that. Yeah, they do. Well, like shrimp I, on the barbie. Yeah, it's totally something you guys say, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess yes compared to them or what they're used to I sound like I have an American accent do you think that you do like do you catch yourself going huh I now say that word like Um, my American friends do not really maybe like a little bit of like a what's like a twang sometimes like I can hear like a little bit where I'm like that's not as Australian as I used to be but you know put me next to one of my friends for like a couple minutes and I'm like oh yeah nah. like it's just really bad like <laughs> almost got the hand thing back there too yeah oh yeah mate yeah <laughs> no we don't do that <laughs> this is not Australian thing it's just a weird Emma thing it'll be with you forever though it'll be with me forever yeah that's not a bad thing no I'm yeah. like the first person ever that had like a bubble machine on my entrance so I'm proud of that. You should proud be proud of that. Proud of my accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a bu- I had no titles, but I had a bubble machine. So I'm still doing lots of these things. Well, but, you know, seriously, what are you most proud of with your WWE run? 
Um, I'm, I loved my time at NXT. Um, I actually was like one of the fastest people kind of to come through the system and go onto the main roster. Like after me, the people were there for years before they came up, you know? So I was there for about a year and a half. And I obviously I'd wrestled before then. Um, but you know, when I first got my contract initially, it was at like an open tryout back at FCW and, and I, they had one contract and I won that. So wow. that was like my first like huge thing is, you know, I wanted that my whole life. It was my, my lifelong dream to be a wrestler with the WWE and I got that contract. So that was like, I just, I'll never forget that moment. And then from there, you know, kind of killing it with the NXT stuff and all of us kind of just making a name for ourselves and um, NXT becoming such a big brand like it is now. Um, I loved all of that. And my matches with Paige that we kind of briefly discussed. Um, yeah, and I really enjoyed like my, I did WrestleManias. Um, I really enjoyed my matches with Oscar. Like NXT TakeOver London was one of my favorite matches. Uh, yeah, and it was really, the, the high points for me were more when the, there was a storyline involved and where I was, um, like, wrestling, you know? Like, I had time and a competitive match and the mm -hmm. crowd was invested because we had told a story leading up to the pay-per-view and people cared. So that's, those were, like, the biggest moments for me. You've got all that now. With your time in Ring of Honor, your time in Impact, you've got time in the ring yeah. to, like, really show off what you can do. Yeah. I'm just going to have a stretch, though. <laughs> I'll do one, too. Why not? I feel like I'm sitting really hunched for some reason. Oh, there we go. go. Is, is the plan with getting all of this in-ring exposure to eventually go back to WWE? Um, I, it's, I mean, it's not. I don't have a plan, really, per se. I mean, my plan, I guess, right now is to enjoy what I'm doing. And it's very important for me to be um, healthy and happy. Uh, it's the most important thing and and f doing that can be you know more of my travels more wrestling um, and in kind of balancing the two and not being so consumed in something where you kind of get stuck in that bubble and it feels like you have no life outside of it which can and does happen a lot um, and then and then you know balancing that with my life outside of wrestling and enjoying things that people talk about all the time and don't actually do so I'm like I don't want to be that person that says I want to do this this and this and doesn't like yeah. I'm just going to go do them so that's the type of person I am I'm like I want to go to Bali I'm going to go to Bali you yeah. know I'm going to get bit by a monkey if I want to <laughs> that wasn't the plan though but and um, you, you love to cook so maybe you yeah. know maybe some more of that when, yeah if you're ever home yeah no I'm never home what do you right love now. to cook um I mean I love making breakfast it's not that's not hard to cook obviously but I love making breakfast um I love baking and then like other meals like um i mean it can be anything really like uh, pastas or just certain dishes but the thing is i live by myself so i don't really cook because like i'll make all this food i want to eat and then i'm like oh, i don't want i shouldn't be eating that you know it's going to be yummy food i mean i cook healthy <laughs> food all the time like chicken breasts and rice it's and veggies food. and yeah but it's yeah. boring you know yeah so um it's better when like there's a group a group's function or something or like a family thing and we can all get together and cook together. I love doing that. So the post you recently make made was basically saying, "Hey, well, I'm going to." I'm actually to really hungry right now. Because we just talked about food. Yeah, my actually. <laughs> okay, well. Take see off. You later. See you later. The post you recently made was basically saying something like "Taste of Tennille yeah. could maybe be coming back. Yeah. So it was basically like an evolved version of "Taste of Tennille because I'm not home ever um like a it, vlog yeah 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 so it was like my life on the road so you know like we're in chicago today for instance i 
was here i've been here for a couple of days so say yesterday like a life a, a life in the day i don't know why i'm dyslexic lately <laughs> i think it's I the say other things backwards all the time now it's too much wrestling a day in the life of Tanil. that's what you get so yeah because you know i might get up and go for breakfast i might go for a workout and it's like you know, whatever it is. Like, if I was in Bali, like, I went for a surfing lesson. So maybe, like, you'd oh, yeah. get to see me surf for the first time, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, I have literally, like, a rash all down my leg from, like, the rubbing on the yeah, board. And yeah. Yeah. Um, You're supposed to wear the... Uh, like a bodysuit. Yeah. I didn't do that. Uh, I wore, like, a long sleeve top they gave us. That's good. Yeah. So my top half is fine. My legs are, like, torn up. It's great. Is this going to be on your YouTube channel? No, that I just put on um, Instagram, but oh, like the actual show, yeah, yes. In th I was just giving you an example, but yeah. 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 So um, we're basically looking for a platform to launch it on. So if you're interested, shoot me an email. I think it's sponsors, platforms, yeah. whatever. Taste of Tenille at gmail.com. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I can't believe I remembered that. And it can be anything though, because like I like you said, I love to cook, so I don't mind like going to a restaurant and cooking with a chef, or like if someone wants to cook and invite me to their restaurant, then like I'll go and eat and like promote their restaurant and like the experience we had there and um, and the places I go travel, like the hotels I've stayed in, some amazing places and like people don't understand or see all of what I get to do yeah. um, and it's some pretty amazing stuff. So I was like, oh, I just wish I could show all of it, you yeah. know? And um, and like w when I saw the girls the other day, they're all like, oh, I've just been like living through your Instagram or your videos, whatever. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing this show for because people say they like live vicariously through me and that's that's basically the plot of the show. So basically you're live saying through me. you want to do all this, but not edit it. That's basically oh yeah, I don't want to do any of the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I mean, I'm working with a production company right now. Oh, so, awesome. so basically um, they would in theory come to wherever I am and we would travel around and film and I would meet up with Per, you know people at a restaurant professional athletes a surfing coach whatever it is yeah. and you know try different sports try different places to eat um you know maybe some rehab stuff some pt stuff you know for my for the wrestling and recovery and like that's kind of the, the plot of it and to, to get a more of an insight into like my real life if you've already got the real tenille if you like it that's it is that what's called are you gonna sponsor it I mean, uh, Pay up. yeah, I mean, okay, we'll discuss yeah, after. I gotta go now. That's a yes. Wow. Uh, well, if you already it's have your interview, <laughs> you can't yeah, leave me. I can't leave my, I could. See, Look. We'll see what happens. Look. All I'll right. See ya. All right. So anyway, okay. before <laughs> you're lucky. If you, uh, if you already have all the subscribers you have with Taste of Tenille, why don't you just rebrand Taste yeah, of Tenille? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And then we can tell people right now to subscribe. Subscribe. There you go. I'll put the link to down taste below. Taste of There hey. you go. Hey, hey. Huh? Yeah. So you subscribe. <laughs> it's down below. Subscribe. That was really bad. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you said it, not me. <laughs> I kind of. But so if you already have the platform and you already, you know. Yeah. So basically, we're just looking for um, kind of more like. I know places I want to go visit and things I want to do, yeah. but, but people that are interested in being a part of it, because, you know, when you have people like that, it just all comes together better and it's more exciting. So yeah. looking for people to reach out and um, kind of just pull everything together. And would wrestling have any part of this as well? I mean, wrestling is like a big part of my life. So I'm always going to like talk about it or refer to it or, you know, it, it's probably a lot of my trips will be associated with a wrestling trip probably. So, um, yeah, in that degree, yeah. Who is your favorite all-time wrestler? Mm, Stone Cold. Mm. Ah. 
Stone Cold. Do you have a favorite Stone Cold match? <laughs> um, you know, for me, like, what drew me in as a little girl um, was more like the entertainment side of it. Like, I loved... Um, like I remember literally sitting like this close to my TV and like his music would hit and I'd be like, yeah, like the, the glass would shatter and I'd be like, Jake is my brother. Jake, Stone Cold's coming out. Like I was just nuts for the whole theatrical side of things. And, um, you know, just like whatever it was, like the crazy fights they got into, but even not even in the ring, you know? So, yeah. and then, then I guess when I understood it more and I grew up a little bit more then I became more invested in like the wrestling side of it. Um, but that's kind of what, that spark was for me it's just the the music the the real like fighting the badass side of stone cold yeah yeah is there an all-time favorite match doesn't have to involve stone cold but just in general um you know what it's weird but i don't really have like a oh, wow. all-time favorite match yeah i'm sure you have lots of stuff i mean yeah, there's like, uh, yeah. yeah like I could, there's like a million but i just yeah it's not like i'm like that's the match like um yeah i just there's more like moments for me and like i said a lot of them um it's 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 more the storylines or the feeling in the moment when it happens rather than like the match itself if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well i appreciate you making What's yours? time oh my favorite match of all time yeah talked about it many times but oh, okay. uh okay boring no it's okay <laughs> everyone uh uh it's uh rock hogan wrestlemania 18 okay, okay. i was there uh, but, but again, so that's yes. like very theatrical it characters. Was. It was all like the moment and the feelings they gave. Yeah. So it was, you know, I was there. I was sitting in like the 26th row on mm -hmm. the floor. And that moment uh, where Rock and Hogan have that stare down at the start of the match. I'm getting goosebumps just talking yeah. about it. It was such a special moment. Yeah. And I interviewed The Rock. I've interviewed him a bunch of times now. But I interviewed him the first time. And I said, I got to tell you, Rock, my favorite match was you and Hogan, WrestleMania mm -hmm. 18. And he goes, who are you cheering for? And I'm uh, like, I was cheering for Hogan. He's like, yeah, me too. Oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> you're in shit. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You, have you seen I'm, that match? Um, yeah. But you just reminded me, though, because um, when WWE first came back to Australia in, I think it was 2002, it was a global warming tour. And there was like literally, I think it was 67,000 people in the arena. It was like the biggest show. Wow. Like, I guess before the last year or whatever it was. Um, and I was, I don't know, four, how old was I then? 14. I don't know how to add up <laughs> this quickly. Anyway, but I was very young. No, younger than that. I was younger than that. So well, it would be. If it was 2002, it's 17 years ago. So your age minus 17. Yeah, so I'm 30, yeah. so 13, uh, around that. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. So, um, so, I know, <laughs> I'm good at math. I just kind of put myself on the spot. And then, so I remember um, I was in high school and I remember I like, le I think I was late that day and I ran to the place to get, line up to get tickets. And there was like no online stuff back then. Or maybe there was, I just didn't know. <laughs> and then, so I remember I spent like all my savings on getting this ticket. But at the time my mom was like, you're not going by yourself. And I was like, well, what do I do? So I bought her a ticket like way up in like the nosebleeds. Like, like it was like 60 bucks. It was still like, oh, it's a lot of money, mom. <laughs> but so I bought that for her and I paid, I think it was like 350 bucks for my ticket. And I sat kind of like in the second section on the ground. And um, I remember that the match was rock. Um, Brock and Triple H and I remember like it was like my first moment at a WWE show ever and wow. I remember just like sitting by myself in this row full of people but they were chanting for I think it was the I can't remember who it was exactly but like someone was chanting for The Rock and someone was chanting for Triple H but we were like dual chanting and I remember yeah, thinking like yeah. this is the coolest moment ever yeah. meanwhile like no one I knew and no friends or anything but I was like <laughs> yes 
I had a very similar moment during the Rock and Hogan match. Yeah. Because Rock was supposed to be the good guy. Uh-huh. And everyone's cheering for Hogan. Yeah. And here I was cheering as loud as I could for Hogan. And this little kid beside me is cheering for The Rock. Mm-hmm. And then when Rock wins the match, he's like, see, I told you. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think anyone expected Hogan to win. Yeah. But well, that's the reason why like, I'll always be a fan, too. Because it's like those mem- moments that like made me love wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Look how excited we got talking <laughs> about these matches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Have you had a favorite match? I guess your favorite match that you were in, you were talking about, was with Oscar, probably? Yeah, TakeOver London. I loved that match. And um, NXT Arrival, I guess. Yeah, probably my, two of my biggest matches. And it's funny because they're actually both NXT matches. Um, I feel like I had a lot more to offer on like the main roster. I didn't really kind of get to where I wanted to be. And I was kind of getting there. And then that happened. So. I think you'll be back. Oh, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way the rest of the world works. I don't think we left on, I left on bad terms and, you know, it was obviously a decision at the time and it wasn't like a, you know, I don't know, a big long term, long, like leading up to thing or anything like that. So, um, yeah, you just never know. When you got let go, were you not able to work indie shows right away? Uh, there's like a 90 day clause. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remembered you worked uh, the AIW show in Cleveland. Yeah. My buddy John Thorne runs that. Oh, yeah. And he called this show, We Have a Dill Emma. Because they weren't allowed to use the name Emma. Which I think he can actually. I found out later. Right. Maybe it was like for a certain amount of time you couldn't. I'm not sure. But someone said they looked it up to see if they could advertise me. And they said, Oh, it's not copyright. I don't know how you could trademark. Emma. Emma anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess like they're like, we can use it. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Did they come up with Emma or did you? Uh, it was me, but at that time you kind of just submit like a list of names. Right. And then they would review it. But like I didn't just put Emma. It was like Emma so-and-so, yes. Emma so-and-so. And like there was a list of, and there was other names. I can't remember, but there was like not just one name. And then they came back and they were like Emma. And I was like... Emma what? <laughs> just Emma? I remember thinking like that's it and then I was like okay and I just like made it work. Yeah they really like the one name names now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that's why I came up with all the like the dilemma, the evolution, the uh, all the Emma phrases and puns and whatever so I kind of just had fun with it and made it work. That's very punny of you. <laughs> yeah it's a good one. <laughs> We're gonna end it with that. Oh, yeah, on a high note. Yeah, real high (laughs) note. Um, um, No, uh, I'm excited to see you in an impact ring. Thank Uh, you. It's uh, congratulations on everything. Congratulations on having the best deal in pro wrestling, apparently. Yeah. It makes it exciting because, like, you know, the impact division is awesome. So, um, you know, I'm I'm loving what I'm doing here. And then it's like I'm not necessarily, like, restricted where, um, you know, I want to kind of continue living my life and enjoying it and having that balance and traveling more. So I don't want to be anywhere where I can't really do what I want. But, you know, I'm open to opportunities. (laughs) So... I'd be silly not to be so and like I said there's a lot more I feel like I had to achieve at WWE and and I know AEW's killing it so and I you know and I'm friends with people everywhere so yeah that makes it exciting for me that you just so, anything can happen in the future who knows where you might end up yeah who knows? exciting everyone <laughs> all right thank you you could be a little more excited than that. okay one more time yeah okay, give me a countdown three two one this is very exciting <laughs> <laughs>